Okay. There you go. Right. I'd like to welcome Pat Slattery to um, Formula for Wealth. Remember the name of what we're discussing. And uh, Pat is actually uh, my business coach and mentor. Uh, Pat's been a mentor now for over 25 years, has worked with tens of thousands of people. And I'm sure you're going to find out today that he works with some of the most incredible people in the world. Pat, welcome. Karen, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this? Okay, well, well firstly, you're, you're quite right. I have got to work with some of the greatest people in the world, hence that's why we're here together, right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so well done. Well done for stepping up. And, uh, you know, and I, ironically, sometimes people ask me about where my inspiration comes from, and maybe we'll touch on this a bit later. Uh, and you're right, I have, I have been blessed to share the stage with some, some of the greatest minds in the world when it comes to professional and personal development. But my inspiration really comes from people like you, people who I worked with, the questions that come up, the, the challenges that people have to overcome, the wins that people share. And, and that's where most of my inspiration comes from, actually, is the people I work with, not necessarily with some of the, the people that most people will recognize on stage. And uh, because I tend to pay attention to most people in terms of what most people want. So that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. So that's just a, a quick brief there on, on the introduction, as was, but where this began for me, how did I get into this business, into this industry? Uh, you know, it's, every time I ask this question, I come up with a new answer, to be honest, because it goes back further and further than I, than I realized. And, yeah. and I realized the, the inspirations and the, the people that were in my life that made a difference so early on. Um, but in terms of how I got to speak on stage, it's, it just came from telling my story and being involved in different business groups and supporting people in business. And I guess I, I, I always seem to find the answer to something that was quite unique. I tend to find an answer or solution to something. I, I, and I guess that comes from being a strategic thinker and I think strategically and I think critically all of the time when something is presented to me as a, a problem. So I tend to come up with solutions quite quickly, just like that. And I, happened to be involved with, it, with a, a, a lot of different business groups and supporting them and growing their business. And then I was asked to speak at, at a, an annual conference. Well, and I'd say I was asked to speak, I'm really thrown into the deep end because one of the speakers uh, who was made to turn up to speak at one o'clock that day uh, had a, a family emergency and had to turn around and go home. And the organizer turned his phone on, you know, about maybe 40 minutes before this guy was meant to go on stage and said, what am I going to do? He's one of the key speakers of the day. He said, and, you know, we have a, I think there was over 200 people in the room and we have to do something. And uh, he just said, Pat, do you think you could cover something? I said, sure. So I, uh, I took my markers, I took his markers and the flip chart and obviously I had nothing prepared. So I thought about, you know, what, what was what people want? I was listening to the audience that day, paying attention to the questions that were coming up looking at the types of workshops that were going on throughout the day and what ones were most popular. So I knew that people needed to understand how to move from working in their business to working on their business. But, you know, that was just a strategy. It was just about being strategic in the way you think and planning strategic planning. However, I also noticed that a huge amount of them really hadn't got much of an idea about where it is they wanted to go. People would say, well, I want to grow. I want to have a huge business. 
but how, how huge and what do you want it to do for you and how many people do you want working for you? How kind of income do you want to be earning from it? And most people couldn't answer that question. So they, they hadn't set any clear definitive goals other than they knew they had this passion or something in them. There was something driving them to, to grow a business or to work for themselves. They all had different reasons. And, you know, the, the key thing for me was the understanding that most people, when they get into business, say, I do what I do because I want to be my own boss. I want to have more money. I wanted uh, freedom. I wanted to have more time. And we, and we start looking at all these different things that go on. And then I ask people, okay, for those who are in business, who here really feels like they're their own boss? Who feels like they're making enough money? Who feels like they have enough time? And there isn't too many people can put their hands up. Because in the middle of it all, they, I felt like they lost their way. And they, they, their, their business became their main focus. Their business became their goal. So and when the business becomes a goal, you become engulfed in the business and you end up in what I call that busy mess. So my talk that day was based on being able to set definitive goals and understand the reason why you do what you do is for lifestyle. And if you're not living the lifestyle, you have to change what your approach, you have to change what you're doing in order to create that lifestyle. And your business is just a vehicle to get you there. And and it really resonated. And, you know, the rest was kind of history. I, I started getting inundated with people looking for me to speak at seminars for them. And, you know, I had already started. I was facilitating mastermind groups at that stage. And, um, you know, and it kind of grew from there. And then we kind of got involved in the process myself maybe 13, 14 years ago with, with Donna Kennedy and, and uh, Gary McGowan, where we got involved in running seminars, set up a big seminar company. And brought in some of the biggest speakers and you know some of the people I had reached out to over the years who were my mentors like Brian Tracy and Bob Proctor and Mark Victor Hansen like some of these guys who who I was following working their programs for many years we reached out to them and we brought them to Ireland to come and work and then they came back on a more than one occasion to come working with us to speak on our stage with us because they see the value of what we bring so that was kind of the journey of to how we got into this specific industry you know how we started making money is a different story. <laughs> I saw a quote, um, and it's with Paul Tracy, that when it came to doing the goals, uh, you took a system and you said, look, there's a part missing. You need to modify this. Now, it, obviously, I've seen your system for working with goals. And as a result of that, I've changed a little bit of mine. I worked with Paul J. Meyer. And that was how I got into all the goal setting stuff back in the 80s. And I know there's a lot of different systems out there, but like you said, you felt there was something missing. Mm -hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, you see, uh, yeah, again, it comes back to even being at seminars, right, or, or looking at different programs or courses that are out there. I, I discovered, for me, in my opinion, and I guess from a lot of people, the feedback I was getting is, a lot of people were, were attending courses or programs or seminars where people were telling them what they needed to do, but there wasn't enough of showing how to do it. And sometimes, and, and I mean disrespectfully, because obviously not all people, but there are some people in the industry where I felt they were complicating some things just to make it look intelligent. And for me, it's about dumbing it down. How do we make this as doable as possible so anyone can do it? So when I looked at the goal systems that are out there, and, and there, you know, we, even when we talk about the law of attraction, we talk about creating a vision board, that's so far away that we can get excited about it and our brains will get excited about it. And I highly, highly recommend that people visualize. However, the, the other side of things are, is that life does get in the way. Life does have a habit, have a habit of getting in the way. 
and things will happen to throw you off track. And when you're thrown off track like that and you feel a little bit overwhelmed, then that goal seems so far away. And I've seen so many people change the goal because they don't no longer feel that it's feasible or reasonable to even go after that. And, and that's what saddens me because nobody has showed them how to go after it correctly and properly. And that's why I changed how I do what I do. Mm-hmm. And because for me, it's not about changing the goal, it's about changing the plan. But most people go for, after a goal and actually have no real plan. And, you know, so, so my goal setting system really is about creating a plan, a, an action plan and, and a, a, a systems plan, if you like, that people can follow on a step-by-step basis and allow them the opportunity to actually achieve those goals that they set out and not give up on the goal, regardless of, of life getting in the way. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Um, cause you were telling me a story the other day about you just got back from speaking in Stockholm mm-hmm. and you met a lady there who had heard you speak about 20 years ago. Well, she was actually at my and, very first talk. That, that talk I was speaking about, she was there. Yeah. yeah. And you were talking, she, you said, about goals and about some of your goals and how the, they can set their goals. And she said that... Um, she's followed you and watched you achieve everything that you said at that very first speech that she heard. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Um, uh, her name is Anne, actually. She, she saw I was going to be in Stockholm and she spends some of her life, she lives in Stockholm some of the time now, so she said she'd be there and would love to come along and catch up. And, uh, and as we did, she said, you know, what the one thing she recognised, again, about me over 20-odd years ago is, she felt there was a number of things. One, she said, she even even almost recorded me on some of the things I said that day. So she said it, it really instilled to her the possibilities for going after her and doing what she needs to do. And, and it also instilled in her the, the, the way of thinking that to change, to be prepared to change certain things in certain ways. But she said, yeah, that I, I seem to have, based on her following me, I made a statement on what I was going to do. I set out my statement of intent. And uh, she said, yeah, you've done it. You've, you've done exactly as you said you would do, you know, all those years ago. But she said, one thing she said that you seem to continue to do, which I, which I always believed, she said, when, when I met your forces, you were the best at this, was connecting people and becoming a connector of people. And, mm-hmm. um, and that is something she recognized. And, you know, and that, was, that was fantastic feedback to get from somebody who was there that long ago. I mean, I still am in touch with, with a lot of people who were in the room that day, but I've been in touch with them so consistently in a way that you don't have conversations about that day anymore. So when you meet somebody after all that time and they do come in and they do share that kind of feedback, you know, it's, it's refreshing and it's rewarding in ways, you know? That's good. Um, I think it's very noise in the background, so I will apologize to people if they're hearing it. Um, we are in lockdown here in Spain at the moment and uh, got a few people wandering around the apartment, so uh, apologies if you get the noise. We're in lockdown in Ireland, but I have Spain behind me here, as you can see. <laughs> I know it looks good, doesn't it? That's you see, that's actually the the future garden, by the way. That's going to be a pathway from my garden. I have a plan. And that's what you need. And it, it does come down to plans because I'm here in Spain. And I moved out here permanently last year. And I've been trying for four years to get out here. And I made it because I followed your system of setting my goal and following through on my goal. Yeah, so, um, well done. Yeah, I got to credit you with that, Pat. 
the family got told, stuff anything else, I'm off to Spain, don't care about you. <laughs> and so um, everybody came with you. Sorry? So and then everybody came with you. Yeah. Yeah. Isolate. <laughs> um we're talking about um stage speaking. And um one of the things that I found, uh, like you, I was strong in the deep end. Um, I got appointed to a position when I lived in New Zealand and I was elected to that position and then got a message afterwards. This was on the Thursday saying, oh yeah, we've got a one day seminar on Saturday when you're talking at it. And there were 3000 people in the audience and I had never ever done any public speaking. So that was really baptism by fire for me. How did you find that you obviously were very much similar situation? How did you find that you prepared and got yourself through that? Well, firstly, I'm Irish, so I have the gift of the gab. <laughs> right? No, but seriously, uh, do you know, I reckon just to be honest, just speak from your truth and you know, it's like that. I mean, sometimes I, I, I'm in a room and I'm kind of thrown in the deep end and I end up having to give a talk. And, you know, it's just pay, paying attention for me is the most important thing. I, when I speak, I don't really speak about me. Yeah, sometimes I have to share a part of my story so so it can connect with people and they can resonate with where I'm coming from. But I think I believe that everything I try to do is about the audience. I want to deliver something of value to them. And I speak from my truth. And, you know, sometimes I often say to people, when I speak from my truth, some people would get it and some other people just have to use their imagination because some people have been blessed not to have to struggle sometimes. And, you know, which is fantastic, by the way, everybody doesn't have to have a sad story. Right. But, yeah. but when you speak your truth, I think it's when you, when you step up, step up and speak your truth and you know, it doesn't matter as even as this girl said it 20 odd years later, that knowing that I'm the same person who will step up and speak my truth always, even when it's something that some people may not want to hear, but you speak the truth and, and you give honest answers. Don't try and wing it, by the way. You know, I do say to people, there's a certain element of overcoming nerves for some people. Yeah, you've just got to wing it until you find your, your space and you find your pace. And, um, but just speak your truth. And, you know, if you have a message and it only takes 10 minutes to deliver the message, deliver it in 10 minutes. Don't drag it out over a half an hour and, and add something to it of no value. You know, if you, have, if you are blessed enough, I suppose, to, to be able to speak for six hours, <laughs> You know, which, which you know I often do. Be a bit horse afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if you, if you speak your truth, that's all that matters. And, and bring value. It's so important that you bring value to the people. Um, I do hear a lot of people, a lot of people telling me they want to be public speakers and it's a big plan of theirs, a big goal of theirs. And all they want to do is really step up and tell their story. Mm. And that's a different space. And, and I believe everybody should tell their story. But as a speaker, it's a very different space. You know, just because you have a, a story unless you have a system or a way to bring people through that and, and understand that they don't have to live in that story anymore you know it's not bringing any real value to the to the audience and i hope if people are watching this they understand i mean this in a respectful way that you when you bring your sad story yes it's inspiring and yes it it does help make a change but find something more of value than just telling your story so the, so the people in the audience can attach that value to whatever their story is because everybody has a story and, and how can they attach that to make that change in their life what can they do what can they take away that helps them supports them to have something more or something different or 
or to feel better sometimes. So when you are, if you're telling your story, you bring value for the audience. It has to be about the audience, you know. That's, I guess, my preparation. And sometimes I walk into an audience and I, I haven't had a chance to hear them or know much about them. So I will talk about my story and see the reaction I'm getting and maybe I'll ask questions and we get, we get the audience involved. And, you know, and the audience will tell you very quickly whether they're, they're buying into what you're talking about or whether they're getting something from it or not. So, yeah, you know, certainly do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sometimes ask questions yourself, but don't be afraid to ask questions as a speaker. If you feel that you know you'd like to get to know more about the audience because again as i say and i i repeated this a couple of times is you know you're there to serve the audience it's not about you being wonderful on stage just what can i give here and again but you speak from your truth it doesn't matter when they hear you 10 years time 12 years time 15 years time or two months time they believe in you and they believe in you because you speak from your truth and that to me is possibly the most important uh skill i guess if you want to use that word that speakers should bring, or at least at least the, the most important offering that a speaker should bring when they're speaking mm -hmm. on stage, they're prepared to speak from their truth, regardless of what question comes up. And that's, that's true, because one of the things I find is that when you are talking, you really have to watch the audience really closely. And you can tell whether you've got that connection with them, whether they're responding to what you're doing, um, and I know that um, a lot of people really struggle because they create a barrier between them and their audience. They don't really feel that they can interact with them properly, but they don't yeah. actually realize they're creating that barrier. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, when a uh, part of being a speaker and, and some of the biggest fears of speakers really is whether the audience are getting them or, or engaging them or they're trying to engage the audience. And, and the audience is sitting going, yeah. You know, and uh, and they wonder how, how do we engage them? And and uh, or they ask for ask a question, and there's nobody volunteering. So yeah. sometimes you know the question we often ask an audience is we're just talking about, you know, sometimes you're in an audience like this, and you're in a, a seminar, and there's somebody speaking, and it it creates a lot of thought, and it creates a lot of ideas, and things that go on in your head, and maybe a lot of questions. And you know, sometimes you could be sitting in the audience and. You, have this question and you know there's a question you'd love to answer but you ask but you're kind of afraid to ask it because nobody wants to be the person putting their hand up right mm -hmm. and you can see most of people in the audience are starting nodding their heads and yeah yeah so you know so who, who understands this and as soon as you see a hand go up you pick out four or five you say okay and then what is your question yeah. right and there you go <gasps> and you go you have a question please share it with your question you put yeah. your hand up what is that question that you're afraid to ask and all of a sudden they start answering, asking a question and you answer the question and, and now they start getting involved. And then you see, you picked out two or three, you say, I believe you put your hand up as well. What's your question? And then they ask the question and, you, and all of a sudden, now you've just created a competition. All the hands start to go up. Everybody wants to speak. Once the first few break that, you know, break that barrier. So as a speaker, you, you have to learn how to break down those barriers too, you know? And one of the things I find is um, I've watched you prepare a speech Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was in a I was in a room and you were doing a speech and I've watched you, you've got lots of different slides and you're pulling things in and you're saying I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do the other. Um, at an event we were actually at in Ireland um last year. Um some people seem to be so fixed in the way that they talk that the flexibility to 
alter things towards the audience is really difficult for them. Did you come across that? Yeah, and I think respectfully is because they haven't studied their topic enough. You, you have to know your topic, right? And now I know when I say this, some people watching this might be afraid that they may not know enough about their topic. This is why, and again, they say you speak your truth. You speak about the knowledge you have about your particular topic. You don't have to, you know, somebody asked me a question and I don't know the answer. I said, look, that's a great question. I don't know the answer, but let me find it. Mm -hmm. I'll find out maybe I can reach out to somebody that may know the answer. Uh, but I'm not going to deliver something for the sake of delivering something, right? So, you know, but I mean, I, I, you know, look, I'm 20 plus, 25 plus years around this industry. I've read a lot of books. I've worked with some, some of the greatest minds. I've taken thousands of courses. I've attended thousands of seminars. I've delivered over two and a half thousand keynote speeches. So I, at this stage, there's, there's very few topics that I can't talk about. I, I, I feel that I, I'm, I'm expert in certain areas for sure. There are certain things that I don't, I, I can touch on. I, as you know, when you, when you hear my partner Donna speak and she talks about the biology of the brain and yeah. I have an understanding but I certainly wouldn't run a complete program on it. I'd be saying to you, you need to go and speak to her because that's her area. I get people speaking to me a lot about stocks and shares, about investment opportunities. And, and I can say, well, you know what? I, I know what I do, but I'm not an expert in it. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to advise anybody. I, I would send them to you, Karen, as an advisor, because that's what mm -hmm. you do every day. That's your topic. Yeah. So, you know, stick to your topic. Don't, you know, I see so many people try to master everything. And, uh, you know, I, I see you guys saying, oh, we're looking for a speaker. And someone comes on and says, oh, well, I can do something on mindset. I can do something on hypnosis. I can do something on, on technology. I can do something on stocks and shares. I can do something on building your business. I can do something on sales. I can yeah. do something on, and I'm going, Jesus, really? You know, s slow down. What do you what, what, what do you really want to talk about? What's your topic? And pick your best topic. And when you pick your best topic, you know it. And, and don't be worried about how you translate it because you create the questions in the audience. The audience get involved when you understand your topic. So again, speak for the truth. You know, if you've only got 10 minutes to offer, then offer 10 minutes. We give 10 exceptional minutes. Don't give 10 exceptional minutes and then kill 50 minutes of it with nonsense, right? Stick, stick to the topic, stick to what you're great at. And if you only deliver, deliver 10 minutes, say to people, what questions have come up from you here? What would you like to more, know more about? And you get into that and you involve your audience, you know, and, and sometimes we look, we, we have a situation where we're just talking to the audience and we're inspiring the audience and that's different. So, so prepare for it. I mean, as you said, you saw me prepare, maybe that was probably 10 minutes before my speech, right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I'm, I'm around long enough for this, right? You know, I, sometimes I prepare something, if I have an idea of the type of an audience I'm going into and what they're looking for, and I prepare a slideshow and I bring them through a step-by-step -step process. But in the middle of that, I have to be, remain flexible. Uh, you've probably seen sometimes I, I distract away from the slide and I talk about something else or something that's similar, or maybe give them a, a, a guidance to getting to that state, space or whatever I'm talking about on the slide. And that just comes from experience again. And, and again, understanding your topic and, and educating yourself and becoming knowledgeable and becoming an influencer. Uh, you know, for me, I, I read a lot. I write a lot, as you know, I've, I've written, God, I'm thinking nearly 600 different modules I've written now, you know, and, and uh, so I write a lot. So when I'm writing it, I have to think about what I'm writing because when I, whenever I write it, it has to make sense and it has to be readable that when I speak about it, it makes sense. 
if somebody's reading it at the same time or a workbook that I produced. So I spend a lot of time thinking in the space of where, where I want to be at. And, and this is where it's really important to, so for people who are watching. If, if there's an area they want to be an expert at, then pick that area and research it, learn about it. If you love it, that is. If you don't like it, if you don't enjoy it yourself, it doesn't matter how much information you have about it, you're just going to be boring, right? People won't feel it from you. So pick a topic that you're passionate about and, and understand. Again, if you want to share your story, understand what's in it for the audience. What did they want to know? How did, how did they want to know it? How did they want to learn it? You know, and again, I try to tell people as much as you possibly can. Don't always just tell people what to do. Try and show them how. That's what's going to make a difference, you know. One of the quotes I've seen is that if anybody wants to know anything about change, go and see you because you're the master of it. Thank you. <laughs> what is change for you? Because what people consider change and what you consider change could be two totally different things. And um, I, what, what this is leading to is I know that there's um, some of your clients have got a call with you, especially like about the impact that um, especially coronavirus at the moment, but that's going to have on people. That's one part that I see this change. What do you consider as the whole bracket that you cover with change? Okay, well, I guess there are many aspects to that, right? I mean, you know, more change really only comes when you find there's something in your life you're dissatisfied with. Okay, and it's when you recognize something that there's dissatisfaction for something that you know something has to change. And, and it really is always down to dissatisfaction. Or if you aspire to be something else, something more, you see what you're really capable of. But you know that your current plan is not getting you there. Or your current behavior. So as I often ask people, you know, does all of your current activity equal your present or future goals? And more often than not, it's not. So therefore, something has to change. Now, whatever their goal is, is, there, is, is entirely up to them, right? Sometimes change is forced, right? Sometimes we have to change on a necessity. It's never, not always by choice. Like, as you said, right now, in this current climate, I mean, you know, the whole world is shut down right now. So people are forced yeah. to change it somewhere or, you know, which they end up as what I call it, uh, which is now, by the way, the title of my book, right? The rabbit in the headlights, right? So they're sitting there wondering what to do and they don't, they're not getting out of the way or they're not making any movements. So, you know, when it comes to managing change, we have to discover what is it, what is it that's going on that you have enough of first. That's the first thing when it comes to managing change, understanding what have you got enough of. Now, the other side of that is when you discover this, that you want to change, you have to want to change. You have to, you know, you have to, the actions you take really are irrelevant as the reasons why. So as you say here, you know, we have to change now because of this current claim because of what has happened. Well, that's out of necessity. It's not that you um, want to change. The actions are really, uh, the actions we have to take now as a result of getting what you really want out of life. So you have a goal for your life and you understand that, you know, now that the circumstances have changed, you have to change in order to achieve that goal. Because every time you set a goal, no matter what it is, every time you set a goal in life, there's a price to pay. And the, and the, the reality is you're never going to reach that goal unless you're prepared to pay the price. So, you know, when you set out your goals and you know what it is you want to do, and yeah, the environment has changed and circumstances have changed right now. Well, you can give into that if you like, or you can get involved in the process and say, I need to change something. I need to change my approach right now because of the current situation we're in. It may slow you down a little bit. It may speed you up a little bit. Who knows? 
But the reality is you have to change something if you want to stay on track for that goal that you need to get to. So again, it's back to what I said earlier. It's not about giving up on the goal. It's not about changing the goal. It's about changing the plan. So it's how much you want it. And that's where change comes from, from the beginning is how much you want, whatever it is, actually. You know, nobody can determine what change means to you, only you, and, and what you want it and your reasons for wanting it. So again, the question you have to ask yourself, if there's a goal that you want to set, are you prepared to pay the price? Because there is a price to pay. And you have to also realize, you know, we, we often say, and I think I shared it recently, uh, a quote with people that you cannot live an inspired life with desperate actions. Right? You have to get involved in the process. You have to be prepared to change whatever it is you need to change. Uh, maybe you have to learn a new skill. Maybe you have to learn a little bit more about technology, right? We're using technology right now. You told me this 20 years ago, I would have said, not a hope. I have no interest. I didn't even want to turn on a computer, right? But the reality is, you know, if I want what I want, I have to learn to change and change my approach and change different things about how I do things. And, uh, and I'm prepared to change very often, actually. Uh, that's something that's a big lesson for me. Once I know if it's not working, what, how do I change it? That's all I look for. Um, one of the questions I want to ask you about, I, I, I reach for it, I'm going to miss it, um, disappear off the screen. I have a success diary. <laughs> that you I, can... I, I would actually go and say you actually have the best success diary. You know, that's what I was going to say. It's one that you've <laughs> developed. Um, there's some pretty good sections on it. How did you come up with that? I, I Again, you know, as you can see, it's quite simple to use, right? Mm. And it was down to when, when I set up my first peer group in my early 20s and we were having a conversation and one of the guys asked me how, how I had become so successful. And uh, I, I actually didn't see myself as being successful at that time. And uh, I wonder who he was talking to, you know? And I think I had 60, about 65 staff, 65 to 80 staff, something like that at the time. And, uh, and I still didn't see myself as being successful. However, he was basing it on my background and where I came from, where I started. And yeah, I guess I, I was, but I didn't see it. So I, my answer to him was, oh, it, it just happened by default. Is the only answer I could come up with. But I, st I started thinking about it and I thought, that's an in interesting question, but I was kind of frustrated that I didn't have a smart enough answer. So I, I, st I started thinking about it. I said, how did you become so, how did you get to this stage? How did you become successful? And, uh, and then I just started journaling. I got myself, I mean, I keep these little journals all the time, right? Do you see this one? Don't yeah, call it a dream, call it a plan, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I just keep these journals. And you can see I'm, I'm always making notes, right? I'm always making notes. And, uh, and I started making these notes and I started thinking about what was it now, believe it or not, up to that point, the idea of me writing something down was a nightmare. It was the worst thing you could ask me to do. But I had been working with a coach and he said to me, listen, write it down. When you write, when you put pen to paper, it concentrates the mind. And it actually creates more outcomes than you could imagine. So I started writing down and I thought, what did I do? So I started going back and going back and saying, what did I start doing? Why did I, at 14 years of age, get that job that most men were turned down for? How did I get that job? What was I doing? And at 15, why did I get invited into the security industry? Why, you know, by before I was 18, was I controlling five nightclubs? Why? And I said, so what was I actually doing? So I started making note of what I was doing. And then I thought, when I started realizing what I was doing to bring me to the successes I achieved, I just chose, imagine, imagine 
if I took what I was doing that was working and started doing it on purpose. So I started journaling. And in the middle of my journaling, I just wanted to put more inspiration. So that's how I come up with the diary is I was writing some affirmation. I used to read affirmations first and I used to write down an affirmation. So then before I started journaling, I would, I would write down an affirmation, right? To prompt me, that would prompt me to put something good on paper. So I would write down an affirmation. And then I would go, okay, well, what actions do I want to take? And I'd write down my five actions. And then I'd say, you know what, well, why should you have them? And I started writing, but I didn't realize down then, honestly, is I was writing my own affirmation, okay? And then I said, okay, what do I need to do? So I created my appointments, and then I created the, um, what did I learn? Every day I thought, well, what have I learned today? What, what has got me closer to my goal? And that's where the, the diary was developed from, is specifically what I used myself in. And as you know, the, all the tools that I share with the people I work with are the tools I use myself because I want people to do as I do. And, and that's where the, the whole idea of the diary came from was that I knew I have something here that I can simplify people's lives with if I can give them a tool to use. And that's why I created that success diary. And it does so much more. It sounds very simplistic when I explain it, but you know, without sounding away, it, is, in the, it, it creates magic. Well, I can say it's really good because I know I joke and say, oh, I don't use it because I do this, but I'm just about to ask for my next one because I'm coming up to 12 months to that show, so I do actually. I journal and I have journaled since I was about 11 years old. My dad was a writer, um, a screenplay writer, so he taught me basically get everything that you think about down on paper. So I have a stack of journals about the size that you were showing. I've got stacks and stacks of them. But I found that the journaling was a great way of emptying the mind and getting rid of if you're frustrated or annoyed about anything. That's, that's the, the anger, if you like, gone from journaling. But the success diary is then the other side of it because that's you're always doing something positive. You know, I tried to think if someone went back and looked at my journals, the anger that would have been some of those or the annoyance that would be in them. But with the success journal, it's always a positive that comes out of it. Yeah, but I, I, see, I, I think, I think, Karen, you know, most people go through life and, and if I started talking to people, I would tell them, tell me about some of the things that you've achieved in your life. Or then you start telling me, or maybe tell me whatever things go wrong. Most people start talking to people about all the things that go wrong in their lives. And, you know, and uh, because for whatever reason, something in their environment keeps picking up in that, right? Or we're, we're brought up in a society where we're, we're on a pass-fail system, uh, which is the emphasis really is on failing, not on passing, you know, because they, they, you know, the old story, the top people in the classroom are the ones who get all the attention, right? You know, and same on the pitch or in the sporting world, it's the top people get all the attention. And the guys on the sideline don't get any. So they start beating themselves up around their failures and what they didn't achieve. And you know, you, you, your brain and your heart doesn't get excited by failure. It doesn't get excited about the things that didn't work out. And it's never going to inspire you to keep doing more, to becoming more. Uh, you know, so maybe later on in life, and this is part of where change comes from, some part of your uh, switch goes off and says, you know what, I'm no longer satisfied with that. I want more. And again, that's what creates that change. So in order to maintain this and the, and the importance of understanding your, your personal growth as you're growing, 
I, I just believe it's so important to catch people doing the right stuff and catch yourself doing the right stuff and catch yourself doing things that are working. Recognize what is working. Reward yourself often for it. Celebrate your wins. And the more you do this, the more your brain and your heart get excited about it. And I can tell you, if you get the two of those working together, you know, it, it, you can achieve anything in, in life. And, and, you know, so for me, I, I'm only interested in the positives. I'm only interested in solutions. I really, and I mean this respectfully, but I really don't care about the problem. I just want to know what's the solution. How do we make this better? And that's, I'm so different solution focused. And that's what this diary does. It helps you become solution focused because it only focuses on the positive and one way and one way only. And I can get into a whole, almost a whole workshop with that with you right now. We're going to be talking about focus and the power of focus and why it's so important. But it is, it's, it's extremely important because whatever your dominant thought is becomes your dominant action. And, you, and again, if you keep writing down positive things, they become positive thoughts. And it reinforces the things that you want more of. And, it, and not only the things that you want more of, but what you deserve more of. You know, nobody, nobody in this world should be here to suffer. Everybody can have anything they want if they, if they choose. But you have to be involved in the process. And that diary will help you if you keep focus on the positives, the positives, the positives. That doesn't mean, by the way, that life doesn't get in the way. Sometimes we don't have bad days or bad, mo bad moments. We just tend to deal with them differently than most people. One thing I will say is I know lots of people want that diary, but the only way they can get it is to become a client. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just made that decision a few years back. Uh, and when I actually introduced the diary first, I, uh, and I wanted to introduce it specifically for the program. And, uh, you know, we had an audience of a couple of hundred people and everybody was looking to buy the diary. And I decided, no, no, it's unique. Maybe I will, maybe I'll change that sometime soon. I don't know, maybe. But for now, you know, it's unique to my program. And, and, I, and I love the fact that it's unique to the program because it's very much part of it. And it's very much part of, you know, it's, it's like having a partner. It's like having an accountability partner and a support partner. And it's designed for that specifically within this program. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll see, you know, we'll see <laughs> whether, whether I'll ever put it for sale publicly or not. Or, or will I just keep it unique to be part of the program? But, you know, if the other side of that is that, you know, some of the programs will be going online this year um, and it'll be creating the DIY program for people. And yes, then they, they can purchase the diary to make use of it in that way as well. So, yeah, so th that's a possibility, let's say. So, for now, become a client. It's Pat Slattery International. And as part of that, you will get the diary to keep working in. Absolutely, and it will change your life. It will change your life. Uh, um, I know we're running out of time, actually. But one of the things we were, going to, we were talking about earlier is the event that uh, we have coming up at the end of April in yeah. Wales, in mid Wales. Yeah, uh, but look, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, at the moment. Yes, we don't, we're, we're unsure of the situation, but we'd be very hopeful by then things will have changed and things have turned around. And, you know, on the other side of that is what I am noticing is a, is a lot of people at the moment living in fear. There's a lot of people who, who, you know, and listen, this is going to pass. This is going to pass. Right? We, and it will affect some people in ways that may not affect others, you know, um, but it will affect everybody. And it is affecting everybody right now. That's the reality of it. But it will pass. And when it passes, we... We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared for, for business, for, for running your business, for running your life, for getting involved again. 
and coming out, it's almost like coming out of the fog or coming out of the darkness, right? You know, and people need to be prepared for that. And I think this is what's going to happen on, on uh, is it 24th of February or 24th of April? April, 24th of April. Yeah, yeah 20, 24th of April in Brecon is we're going to share people with the, the tools, the tips, the strategies they need to overcome that, to, to get through it or to get started again. Because, yeah, we, we understand there's going to, some people are going to have to start from scratch and some people are going to have to start from less than scratch, you know. But no matter what, everybody's going to have to start again from somewhere. And there's nothing like having a plan. If you don't have a plan, it's 10 times as difficult. And, you know, at least when we're in the room together, the, that inspiration will come from the room. The, the networking that will go on there will be phenomenal. Who knows? There's somebody in the room that you can partner up with or maybe your best client is sitting in that room too, you know? And uh, so these are there's a hundred reasons I could give you to be there. But I would say, honestly, for people, that, you know, they need to come along to, to, to the event in Mid Wales or, or any, of you, any of your events or my events Karen, that you're running, you know, just to maybe jump on social media and follow us and figure out what's going on. And maybe it's closer to home than you realize. Maybe there's something else going on that's closer to you. But, but I would say, I know, what I have planned, and I know what you have planned, and what David has planned in particular for that event is, it is going to change. I think the timing couldn't be better, actually. The timing couldn't be yeah. better. The timing is perfect for people right now who need who need that bit more support, and they will need it, no matter who you are. And I mean, disrespectfully, we don't. This is not a time for cockiness. This is not a time for us to, to think we're clever or smarter than everybody else. This is about getting involved with everybody else and working together, and that's what's going to happen on the 28th of April or 24th of April. The world is just going to be so different by the time we come out of this. Yeah, it is a phenomenal change that will be taking place. Yeah, but you know what? Take the time now to do what you're best at. Plan. Think about it. Think about how how can you serve more people? What more can you do when this passes? How people? Why are people going to want to step up and want to lean towards you? Why are they going to do business with you? Why do they want to support you? What can you do for them? Who do you want? To, you know, here's another question you've got to really think about, and this is what most people don't think about. And I put this, I, I put this out in a question, if you remember, Karen, back in January, right, in the beginning of the new year. No, I don't know, I don't need to. <laughs> you know, but, but a question I put out to people is, what are you buying in 2020? Where are you spending your money? What are you mm -hmm. buying? Because no matter what, all of you are going to need goods of some sort. You're going to need services of some sort, especially when this comes out, when, when we come out of this space we're in. You know, start looking at your, your environment, your, the people who are within your current environment and your, that, that you can support by giving them the business and maybe getting a return of business and, you know, and, and spending your money locally, spend the money within your own circle of influence and finding the right people there. You know, maybe find the people who are prepared to support you and step you up who can bring value to you. You know, so don't be just thinking about what am I getting out of it. Think about what you can put in too. And that's what that's what changes economies. That's what's gonna that's what's gonna flip this right side up for the people who really get involved. And it's got there is I mean from my point of view, like you know, I'm the money side, I call myself the money side, that's what I teach. Um, but the opportunities that are gonna be out there, you only have to look at what's happening worldwide at the moment. I know that from an investment point of view, the opportunities are out there. And one of the things is when I talk about investment, people automatically think shares, um, property, that sort of thing. Business is probably the biggest investment that you actually make. And the business opportunities that are out there at the moment and what 
you can see coming up are just going to be absolutely phenomenal. If anybody is wanting to get into business, they only have to see what is happening now and the opportunities that will actually come up from this. Absolutely. And I think what's, what's, what's really important to point out too, and, and again, I mean this respectfully, most people who are out there are panicking right now are simply panicking because they haven't made enough money up to now. And I mean that because if, if anybody is sitting at home and, you know, it actually doesn't impact their life that if they're shut down or stay at home for the next four to six weeks and if that doesn't impact their life, that means they're quite comfortable. Most of the panic is happening because where's the income coming from and, and, and so forth. And I mean this respectfully because I get it, by the way. But I also know that if you give yourself the right chances, should you ever find yourself in a situation like this, it should not impact you in such a negative way. And, and I think our goal really is to give people that opportunity to realize what they can step up and truly become. And, and the, the opportunities to have to create wealth, you know, in, in many different ways and, and uh, getting involved in the process and creating a plan for that. You know, it's like people go to the gym and they, they, they create a whole workout session and they create it over a period of time. Well, you have to have the same plan when it comes to your wealth and, your, and, and the, the, the outcomes and goals that you have as well. So, and if you don't, Maybe you know, maybe now is a good time to change that. And come to the seminar on the twenty fourth, and we'll go through a whole heap of stuff and show you how to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. And if anybody needs more information, just reach out to myself or Karen. Right, yeah. reach out to us through social media. You, you know, you you Google my name, Pat Slattery, you'll find me, and you Google Karen, you'll find Karen. I will, you know, these will be shared out on our portals anyway, so you should probably be somewhere in, in touch with us regardless. But reach out. Reach out if you if you if you want more support and you think you know there's how the event will help you. Reach out. And I will put um, on the slide at the end. Pat's website will be on there, and also in the um, comment below on this video, there'll be um, a link there. There will be a link to the um, seminar if anybody wants to go, and I'll also have a link for me on there as well. Excellent. Thank you very much. I think we could probably sit here for a few hours, or I could anyway. Yeah, I think we <laughs> no, could. Be, be, be. We're just getting warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been really great having you here. Uh, thank you for sharing all that information. And thank you. I hope that our listeners, well, I don't hope, I know they'll get quite a bit out of that. And if they want to get in contact with you, as I said, the links will be underneath. So again, I would just like to uh, thank Pat for joining me on this uh, interview on uh, Formula for Wealth. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Karen. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you.